It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the founder of the Ag Ship, a credentialed outlet and newsletter delivering Utah State football, men's basketball, and women's basketball feature length stories and reporting to your inbox several times per week. You can subscribe at www.theagship.com. I've got the .com now. No more .ghost.io. Full on, we are .com. We are rolling. <laughs> no more of that looking like a website that is uh, not actually a website. We've got a .com. You can't argue with a .com. Um, you can subscribe www.theagship.com at either the $6 or $10 a month tier. If you'd like, you can try the $10 tier, which is the, the flagship tier, uh, free for one month. If you click on the one free month button in the Welcome to the Eggship uh, post, which is, I believe, down at the bottom of the page. Uh, you can follow the outlet on Twitter at the Eggship and me on Twitter at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Um, I'm going to go a little bit just off the uh, off the cuff this week. This is always going to be a little bit of an off-the-cuff show, um, but I've got a couple things this week that I want to talk about on, a, on an audio format, a couple stories that I've written, a couple interviews I've done that are just on my mind. Um, not a whole lot going on in the world of Utah State Athletics right now. As you might imagine, it is mid-June uh, as I'm recording this. As you're hearing this, it will be June 18th, morning of June 18th. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of Mountain West news even. Um, there's there's some national college football news that is, I don't really think, of our, uh, of our interest for the sake of this show. Um, as we get closer to football season, there will be more to talk about. I'll have practice reports and things of that nature. But for right now, we're in sort of the doldrums. Um, and so I've got got some things to talk about, but these these episodes are going to be fairly uh, compact in the summer as we run light on content. Um, I've got a couple basketball things that I want to start with. First things first, uh, last week, I don't remember which day it would have been, maybe Thursday, um, I went over to uh, watch a uh, watch, watch a practice for the basketball team. Um, not not super structured. It's about an hour long, um, and then break out into uh, just just pick up games. Um, I was over there to talk to some of the newcomers, some of the the incoming transfers, all three of whom Isaac Johnson, uh, Mason Falslev, and Taylor Funk. I have now profiled on the site. You can read those as a. Uh, as a paid subscriber, again, the six-hour tier will get you all three of those stories. Um, but I was over there to talk to Taylor and Mason, and got the chance to sit around and watch some uh, watch some practice. And I've got I've got some takeaways. I've got some some I don't know if I would say actual concrete info to share. It's it's you know a practice in June. It is what it is. You can't take a whole lot from it. Um, but I do have a couple things that stood out to me. Uh, first things first. Uh, I, I said as much in the story profile on him, but I, I really want to hammer down on how good Taylor Funk looked uh, and how how well he is how well he is playing uh, how how well he has played in what I have seen of practice. Um, I saw some shooting drills, I saw some pickup games, I saw a little bit of everything, and he is just he's just so smooth. He's so 
I mean, he, he has been playing for a very long time, and he looks like somebody who has been playing for a very long time. His game is very, very refined. Um, he's... I don't know if he's got the most diverse set of post moves in the world, but he's very, very good at the ones that he does have. He's very crisp in breaking into them off the dribble or off the pass. I, I was impressed by that, and his outside his outside shooting stroke is is just phenomenal. It is extremely consistent. It was the same thing every time. He's very good at, at sort of snapping into place and firing off the same shot, giving himself the same look every time that he loads up. Um, I don't know exactly where I would put the expectations for him this season. I don't know if, I think he averaged about 17.5 points back in 2020 at St. Joseph's, and then it was down to 13, almost 14 this past season. I I don't know which of those I, I think it's closer to right now. Given what returns on this roster and, and what is departing, I think he might be asked to do a little bit more scoring than he did at, at St. Joseph's, so I, I, I could see something like 15, 16 points a game, but I, I think that it's, uh, I, I would guess that he's going to be a very efficient part of the offense. He will be a, a very effective part of the offense, both as a scorer and in a part of the game, in a part of his game that I don't think was talked about a lot when he transferred originally as a distributor as a uh, a playmaker he's a very good passer it, it didn't show up a ton at St. Joseph's because it wasn't really needed um, he was more of a spot-up shooter out there they had plenty of facilitators but he's a very good passer outlet passes and within the half-court offense and that's something that he told me he wants to do more of that he has been focusing on I can see it that's something that they did last season a lot with Brandon Horvath um and with Justin Bean for for you know to to, to you know front court passing is very important for Ryan Odom and I think that Taylor Funk fits the bill perfectly there and I think that he's probably going to have to take on a lot of that load without an obvious second you know uh, serious playmaking option in the front court there are guys up there you know Sean Barstow is kind of a tweener um, there are guys up there who I think can do it. But I, I would I, I think that he's the best of the bunch by a pretty large margin. And I don't know if any of these centers are yet to the place where I, I would be comfortable in thinking that they can contribute seriously to that. Isaac Johnson, I think, can get there. Um, he's willing as a passer. He has he has that mind for it. But I, I think that the game still needs to slow down for him in a way that it, it probably won't allow him to do a ton of distributing this season. So I think it's going to be a lot of Taylor Funk. And then... Another player in the front court who I was impressed with is uh, Z Hamoda, who I, I think has certainly drawn his his fair share of hype in the last year and a half. Um, he's he's still very lanky. Uh, I think that's just gonna be that's just gonna be the case with him. He he is he's listed at six seven one seventy. I think that's probably still about fair. Um, you didn't you know obviously didn't get to see a ton of him last year, but he is he's impressive he's an impressive player uh you you can tell that he's one of those guys where the game has not fully clicked yet right it's not it's not slowed down completely for him he is adjusting to a level of play that he is not accustomed to but he is so talented he's he's extremely gifted um extremely athletically impressive has showed a a, a strong 
ability to shoot the ball uh, looked great. There was a there was a one on one session. He looked great doing that. Um, and and something I've been I was really impressed with with him. I think more than anything else because his his offensive refinement is not there yet. But defensively, he is he. <laughs> it looks like a nightmare to play against this guy. Six seven one seventy can can guard I think four or five positions. I don't know if I'd want to put him at center, but I I think he can guard the one through the four because he's so quick for as big as he is, and his arms are just huge. It, it, it is, I don't know what his wingspan is listed at, it's it's large, it is significant, and it is obvious the effect that he has defensively, because he just, he makes everything harder. Passing into the lane is harder, passing around the edge is harder, getting by him is, is just it looks miserable because he's he's able to get in there and knock the ball loose from so far away. Um, I, I think that he's someone who I don't know entirely what his role is going to be on this team. I don't know if I would say he's a starter. Um, that that might be that might be a little bit jumping the uh, jumping the jumping the shark. But I, I I think that he is absolutely someone who will contribute. I, I think that using him in that sort of three role behind somebody like Sean Barristow makes a lot of sense. Um, they're very different players. Uh, I, I think Sean is a lot more physical. He's a lot more capable of getting to the hoop at this point in his career. Um, but I, I think Z is pretty obviously the better of the two athletes, and, and he is a he's somebody who's going to be really good. It's still... The game is still like I, like I said with Isaac Johnson. The game's still slowing down for him, um, and I I think he probably does still need to add a little bit of weight, just because that's 170 is asking a lot at this level. Um, but I I think that he potential wise defensively already uh, it, it's uh, it, it's sky high. It's very very good. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a very valuable part of the Utah State defense specifically this year, and. I would guess that he's going to have some games, not all. I don't think that it, the consistency is there, but I think he's going to have some games where his offensive uh, ability really surprises some people. Um, I was I was impressed with him. I was impressed with him in pretty much all facets. Somebody else who stood out was uh, a name who I think I think he's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit, not not a ton, but uh, Max Schalga, who was sort of the yeah, occasional brilliance and occasional uh, whatever the opposite of brilliance is last season, where you, you'd have these flashes of extremely impressive play, where you'd have these flashes of like, okay, yeah, I get it, I, I can see exactly what they're what they're thinking with this guy, and then there would be moments that you just can't you can't play him, and. He, I, I think that there will probably still be some of those moments. He's he's very aggressive, maybe sometimes to his own detriment. But the uh, the way that he moves on the court, I, I noticed it from watching the guards. I noticed it in pickup. Um, he is, I think, probably the fastest player on the team by a pretty decent margin. He's so quick with the ball, and uh, if his if his shot is there. If his confidence is there, if he can play under control, he is going to be extremely good. He's going to be a very, very good piece of the team. I I don't imagine that a starting role is ready for him yet either. I, I think that he's probably going to fill in behind somebody like RJ Idle Rock uh, at the the sort of combo guard, shooting guard role with uh, Ryland Jones starting at point guard and then Steven Ashworth and, and, uh, and Shulka probably is the, the two guards behind them. Um, but I, I think that he 
is going to be extremely valuable off the bench as a as a playmaker offensively defensively I still I haven't seen a ton uh he's he's aggressive I just haven't seen a whole lot of of you know defensive reps from him but offensively the way that he moves with the ball can really open up the offense because he is so skilled as a as a dribble driver in a way that I don't know if any of the other car guards quite are that's not to say that they can't do it but he his quickness brings a dimension to the offense that was not there when any other ball handler was was you know taking the ball up the court um again this is from one practice this is from you know a couple pickup games but uh he had a very good practice he he looked very very good he looked very confident i'm i'm really interested to see what he can do this season what role he he fills this season um last guy who stood out to me uh, from from the session that I got to see was uh, Cade Potter, who redshirted last year, forward. Um, the the idea is sort of a, a Brandon Horvath, Taylor Funk kind of role at stretch four. Uh, he, he looked good. He's another guy who was sort of talked about last year as, as showing flashes as he redshirted. He, I, I was told that he is, he is consistently the last guy in the gym. It's, I know that that's a cliche, but um, you could see how hard he has worked at it. You can see the growth in his game just from, from, you know, several years ago when he was playing high school ball. And he was pretty much attached to Taylor Funk's hip. He was, he was listening very closely to, to whatever Taylor Funk was telling him, which I think is a, a very good development for Utah State. He had some moments where whatever he was trying just didn't work. He he would take a shot that just didn't make a whole lot of sense, or he would, you know, have a have a shot go go, go you know haywire or whatever it was. But the the moments of good are are again, uh, and this is a, a common theme with a lot of young guys on this team. Uh, the moments of good are very very good. He looked like somebody who I think is going to step into a larger role this season, maybe behind somebody like Funk. Um, and I don't know how large of a role that will be, but I, I think he will contribute, and I think that he is ready to contribute. I, I, I would not certainly slide him into a major role at this point, but you can see the development, you can see the growth in his game. Um, I, I think that he's someone who probably come 2023-2024 season uh, will be ready to to handle a pretty large load, especially offensively. He looked really good offensively. He's got a big bag of... of uh, skills that he can he can lean on he's got a good shot he's that 6 8 230 frame he's filling out really well he moves well at that size i i'm uh, i'm interested to see what he can do this season as well as sort of one of the one of the younger guys in the rotation it's a it's a rotation that despite the you know you, you've got a lot of sophomores a lot of younger guys in it in class it's a it's an older team obviously with with mission trips and all that uh and he's he did do a mission trip but he's still one of the younger guys on the team and i'm curious to see what he is able to do this season in terms of carving out a role for himself next up so i i wrote today about i, I wrote today i'm recording on friday I, so i guess i wrote yesterday as you're listening to this about uh, Mason Falslev, about getting to know Mason Falslev, um, who, if you are not familiar, former pretty pretty well-considered three-star uh, out of Skyview High School, uh, signed originally with Utah, went on a two-year trip, mission trip to Brazil, um, came back uh, la- this, uh, this summer, but decided last November that he wanted to attend Utah State instead of Utah. 
um, you know, very, very good high school player, very big time get for Ryan Odom. Um, and I, I, I wrote about him, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about something that I, I was sort of working through as I was writing this, a, a concept that I'm curious about. And I, I need to talk to Coach Odom about this at some point because it seems like this might be a sustainable model moving forward in the in the transfer portal era for Utah State to build more of a, a base for homegrown talent. We, we've seen different coaches here in recent years take different approaches to building a higher base of talent. Um, Craig Smith had sort of a, a focus internationally. We saw some of that. I think that Ryan Odom will do some of that as well. Um, but every everybody has has sort of a different idea about what to do to pull in the kind of talent that you need to win the Mountain West here. And I, I think that I don't know how much he's going to lean on this moving forward, but early on at least Odom has shown an interest in a, an, an approach that I think is really exciting if you're Utah State and an approach that I think makes a lot of sense. And that is what I can call <laughs> generally the Ryland Jones approach, which is going and getting guys who were very good high school players out of Utah who have gone elsewhere out of high school, committed elsewhere. Maybe it didn't work out. Maybe they are, maybe it did work out, but they're just not fully, you know, content where they are. Maybe it's any number of things, right? Uh, this is not the first time that this has happened. Uh, this has been a, a thing that's gone back Years and years, you, you've seen players start their careers elsewhere who grew up in Utah and transfer back to Utah State to finish their careers. But I think that this is a lot more feasible as a strategy, legitimately a, a consistent strategy for building up the roster in the portal era. And we've seen it now with, with Ryland Jones last season, transferring from Utah. And we're seeing it here this offseason with Mason Foslev, who technically didn't transfer, but who who flips from Utah to Utah State? He's you know he's from the area. Wanted to stay closer to uh, to Northern Utah to Cache Valley, and also with Isaac Johnson, who doesn't necessarily have those same strong Utah ties. He 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 spent a lot of time in Utah, but he, he's not. It's not quite the same as like Ryland Jones, who grew up in Logan and then uh, played his last three years of high school ball in Salt Lake, right? Uh, this is, I think, a strategy that would work moving forward. I don't know how often you can do this. I don't know that you can build a whole team around guys who, who committed somewhere else, signed somewhere else, played somewhere else, and then are transferring back to Utah State. But I think that there's enough talent in the state every year being produced that especially for a staff that is establishing itself in the area, right? Like Ryan Odom does not have ties to the West Coast prior to to, to, uh, to this stint. He was an East Coast guy. And I think that going out and bringing guys home, offering a safe place for these guys to develop their games, you know, establishing connections with those coaches, those high school coaches, as you get to know these players in the portal, um, I think that's a really good way to build connections and to eventually make yourself a, a stronger contender in state for these guys as they're coming out of high school, not just, you know, two years down the down the line after they have played and maybe not had a, a what they were fully hoping for at a place like Oregon or Utah. And, you know, like I said, that you can't build a whole roster on this, but you look at the talent that's coming out of the state, I think that you could absolutely do this. I, I think that, you know... Once or twice a year, if there's a guy who 
grew up in the state, wants to come back to the state, or wants to go back to Cache Valley specifically. Um, I, I think that leaving space for that and, and focusing on that in the portal is a really good idea. I think it's a way to build a, a higher top end level of talent that, that just isn't fully available uh, in the in the traditional sense right now for this program because uh, Odom is still working to establish himself in that way. And because, I mean, even historically, right, the, the top the top players in the state are not frequently looking first at Utah State. And I, I think that the only way to really change that is to build those relationships through taking players who are looking for a second chance to to stay home, right? Uh, establishing to those high school coaches that, you know, hey, this is a good place to send your kids, uh, be it two years after they were, at, you know, in high school or, or three or whatever it is, or right out of high school, right? This is a place with a staff that, that respects the area, that trusts the area, that wants players from the area. And I think that's, if you're, if you're a coach who's new to the region, who is, building on the fly and who I think most importantly is not trying to rebuild the program, right? This is not a breakdown of the program. This is not a, a, oh, we're going to start from scratch, right? This is the bones here are strong. The bones at Utah state are strong. Odom knows that. And I think that this is a really good way to make sure that you're still winning games while kind of shifting the approach without doing it so so starkly and, and, and so quickly that things kind of fall apart, that you alienate a part of the roster, whatever it is. I think that this is a really, uh, I don't know what the, what the the word that I would use, sort of a, a it, it, it's kind of a, a gentle approach to this. It's, it, it's very graceful, I think is, is the word. And I like it. I think it's smart. I think it's a smart way to do it. If you're going to be playing the portal in the modern era, I think to be a team that has such a strong, a program rather that has such a strong identity, identity geographically makes sense to play that, to play to that in the portal, especially when you're from an area that produces as much basketball talent as this area does. I, 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 I'm curious to see how it goes moving forward when there are more actual straight out of high school prospects available for Utah State to take because the roster is limited right now. Um, but I think it's a good idea. I, I think that it makes sense. Last, next up, um, I want to mention briefly, I don't have a ton to say about it right now, um, but I also, since this podcast last went up, I put up a story about Dominic Tatum, uh, safety for the football team. Um, you can read that story I think also if you are a, a paid subscriber at any tier, um, it's about sort of his, he's recovering still from, from last season's uh, injury that ended his season in week three. Uh, he gave a, both he and uh, and Ephraim Banda gave a, a timeline for when he is expected to return in that story. You can, you can go read that. Um, but he is a, a, a player who I'm really interested in for this season. I know I've said that about a lot of players, but the way that he tackles really changes the way that Utah State plays defense. I'm going to have a story coming about that in the next month or so, probably. Uh, but I also have another story on, on uh, Efron Bonda's defense and, and on the Utah State defense writ large coming in the next couple of days that I want to tease before I get out of here. Like I said, these are going to be pretty lean episodes. Just quick rundown of what the last week has been, you know, in in the ag ship in Utah State sports world. Um, but last thing I want to mention is this story that I have upcoming. You 
probably if you watched Utah State football last year, picked up that they were doing some some unique things in rushing the passer, in the way that they design run run blitzes, in pass blitzes, in the defense in general. Um, it is it is unique in college football. It's not a super common scheme. Uh, I have gotten to the source of where that comes from, where that system comes from, what it is, how it works. Uh, the 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 blitz schemes that Utah State deploys. Uh, I, I've I've talked to Coach Bonda about this. I have talked to a separate uh, expert in in the coaching world who can sort of break down what some of these these actual the the words that we use in in describing this stuff, the verbiology, what it actually means. Uh, and uh, I've I've got this coming in the next couple of days, and this is going to be a film study. So this is going to be one that. If you do subscribe at the ten dollar tier, you can get the the, the you know, hundred a year, ten dollar a month tier is going to get the film study stories. This is for that tier, and I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be really cool. I am going back quite a ways to pull clips for this. I'm going back to I've got a game right now. I'm looking at a YouTube tab from 2013, not Utah State, but it's a it's a it's a team from whom this system is pulled. I'm not going to reveal too much, but uh, next week's podcast hopefully. I can I can delve into some of the details of, of what I have learned, what I think it means moving forward for Utah State, how I think that this is, you know, a, a positive for the team that they have this year, um, and, and sort of just my 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 curiosity about where this system comes from, how it works, has been sort of the focus of this week for me. I, I've been gathering data on this. I've got quite a few quotes on it. I've got um, <laughs> as a, as a little tease, I have. Uh, full tackle for loss and sack data, both actual physical numbers and the rank nationally for, sorry, my cat is going nuts, um, <laughs> for Manny Diaz, Efrem Bonda, Blake Baker, and Craig Kuligowski, who are connected, um, then that will be established in greater deal, greater detail within that story. Um, but I have, uh, I have, I've gathered a lot for this story. I'm very excited about it. I think that it's going to be a, a really valuable look at what Utah State does defensively, what you can expect to see more of this season, and I think almost more importantly, how it actually works, so that you you can you can understand, you know, on, on when it comes Saturdays this fall, you can see why uh, why this has happened, right? You know, why they're able to get pressure on the quarterback, why they are able to stuff the run so consistently with blitzes, how how all of this works. And so look for that within the next week. Again, it's www.theagship.com, uh, at the Agship on Twitter, at Patrick underscore Mayhorn on Twitter. That'll be the $10 tier if you want just most premium stories. Maybe you're not interested in the film, whatever. I get it. Uh, $6 tiers for you or 60 a year. Um, I, uh, I have to say, I think I did last week. If I didn't, that's my bad, but I have to say thank you to all of those of you who have subscribed. Your support has been, uh, immensely heartening. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, you all make this possible, allow me to do this, allow me to <laughs> spend a week focusing on a film study, uh, about, you know, a, a specific blitz scheme that you're going to see on Saturdays. That's what this is about. That's what this outlet is about is, is the minutia of, Utah State Athletics of the teams that you love, um, and the 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 only way I can do it is with your support. So if if you are interested in this stuff and you've not yet subscribed, um, even if it's just vaguely interested, I would really appreciate it if you 
if you give it a try, if you try the one free month and you like it, uh, I, I, we, we, we'd love to have you. Um, but that's, uh, that's what all this is for. And, uh, with, with that being said, uh, I will talk to you all next Saturday morning.